0: Welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark, a podcast for the politically aware brought to you by the Alliance Party. Content for this episode was recorded on February 4, 2021. And a good evening to you. I'm Dan Schaefer, producer of the podcast. And this evening, we're talking with the Alliance Party's National Recording Secretary, Ayanna Crawford. Ayanna is the founder and CEO of Reviving Solutions, LLC, focusing on political consulting, strategic planning, event coordination, and organizational development. She has been in several leadership positions within community outreach and organizing and event coordination. She also has experience as a public speaker and a background in nonprofit work. Ayanna received her B.A. at Winthrop University and her Master's in Organizational Leadership and Change at Columbia College, South Carolina. Ayanna, welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark, and thank you for joining us this evening.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored.
0: You know, before we dive into the details, um, can you tell us exactly what does the Alliance Party's National Recording Secretary do? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. So for all of our national uh, committee meetings, I take down the notes, uh, try not to type down every single detail of what everyone says. I know mm-hmm. I had an issue with that coming into this position, but um, I just pretty much take the meeting minutes.
0: Okay. Now, are there legal obligations to doing that? Is that something that the party has to show that they've you know, had uh, a meeting and took notes and things like that?
1: I don't think so. Um, we have, you know, a structure to it all, um, a whole mm-hmm. committee filled with a chair, uh, secretary, treasurer. Now, of course, we need a treasurer for legal reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's most importantly for us to keep track of what decisions were made, who said what, uh, what motions were taking place. I have to even have the bylaws and the our like constitution memorized in a sense. So I have to make sure that we're following our bylaws, um things just normal things the secretary would kind of do, I guess <laughs> okay. but um even i my own personal goal is to have uh the manifesto, um which I know you all talked about in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. I actually want to have that memorized and, and in my back pocket
0: oh good, yeah, yeah, that was actually uh, uh I think about uh, three or four months ago we did a podcast on the manifesto. So uh, can you tell Mm -hmm. us about your involvement in the women's coalition within the Alliance Party?
1: Yes. So it's actually brand new. Uh, Me and the vice chair or co-vice chair, we have two um, vice chairs, is Michelle Griffith. And I spoke to her about just some things um, that our party was dealing with or just, you know, we just had a president and vice president uh, nomination that went forth in our last convention and just came fresh out of the election cycle. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, there's a lot of people looking at us. What, what can we do to be more like moving forward? Right. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people I've been reached out to that go on our website. Um, feel like it needs to be updated a little bit. Um, you go to our leadership page and literally it's what two, three or four of us women on there, and the rest are like no, like no offense to anyone listening or anybody on the committee, but mm-hmm. it's older white men. Yeah. Um. So we're like that face that needs to start changing. Our it's time for us as women to stand up and and help our party progress in ways that it it needs to go. And um, me also being the youngest on the committee and the darkest on the committee, I just was like, it's, it's time for me to, I have a background in women empowerment and Mm -hmm. starting women's ministries and things like that. I was like, it's, it's time that I start this here. Um, so we're structuring it. Uh, we have our very first meeting on Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, February 21st at 7 PM. I'm literally calling all women that I know who are part, who are affiliated with the party to join us in that meeting. Uh, we just have a, um, a temporary agenda, get to know each other. And then what do you want to see in a women's group that's established in a party?
0: Oh, good. So how how would people find out about this? You said it's uh, Sunday, February 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern, I imagine? Eastern, so, yes. Okay. And yeah.
1: they can reach out to me. Feel free to email me. Uh, there's also going to be a little message or a call to action for women in the next newsletter, as well as on our website. Look for it, it should be our RSVP, or even if you don't get our newsletter, go ahead and subscribe and make sure that you fill that out or reach me personally at my um, theallianceparty.com email
0: okay so that uh, there would be the alliance party the word the the alliance party the, uh-huh, dot, com, T-H-E. dot com yeah and that's all like one word too okay good so yep. yeah people can log in there they can uh, people who haven't already joined uh, the alliance party can log in there and and give their uh, contact information and and get up to speed wonderful
1: yes absolutely please do
0: okay so um Let's turn to some political uh, things right now. The the past election cycle, uh, as you know, largely hinged on critical votes from minorities. And, um, you know, never mind the fact that our current president won the popular vote by over 7 million votes, but because of our electoral system, it all really came down to just a handful of states. And, you know, within that handful, uh, within the handful of states, the minority vote was pivotal, I mean, like, you know, 40,000 votes could have swung the election the other way. And uh, that's not to mention the Senate runoff race in Georgia, which uh, very much, again, pivoted on the minority vote. Um, And if it weren't for the efforts of people like, you know, Stacey Abrams, who focused exclusively on getting out the minority votes in the state, the balance of power in the Senate and, in fact, the whole country um, would have become uh, very different So I think it could be said in this election cycle that the minority votes were heard, but unfortunately, this is this unfortunately is something new, kind of, isn't it? I mean, and so can this level of minority involvement in our political system be sustained in the long run?
1: I believe so. Mm -hmm. I like you said, it seems new because I think people realize the power of minority voices, but especially in particular black voices, right? Mm-hmm. So everything, especially in the last election cycle for 2016, was about getting the black vote. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was a thing in the Obama era. Era, um, However, I think that is something that people are going to strive to do. They didn't keep um, emphasizing it as far as saying the black vote. We got to get the black agenda and all this stuff. Everything was like the black whatever. Um, But I think that people are realizing if you want to make sure all voices are heard that more people get to vote and make their vote count and have a voice that we have neglected minority and black voices
2: Mm -hmm.
1: up until this point. and how critical it is moving forward, that it's not even, what I would like to see is to hear and see more of the Latino voice, right? The Mm -hmm. Latino agenda, quote, unquote. Um, Hispanic, like literally all genres, all races, that their voices are amplified as well. Um, But when it comes to the Black voice, I'm, I'm appreciative that they're noticing um, the change and how important that is. But I'm, I'm just looking at, okay, yes, as far as minorities, there's more Blacks than Latinos and mm-hmm. all the other races and ethnicities that are out there. Mm-hmm. But we need, unless all of us make it, like you can't just keep focus on being focused on one group. And I'm straight an advocate for amplifying Black voices. Um, however, I'm like, okay, as a Black person, Mm -hmm. Let's amplify our voice, keep our voices and our votes up there. But I want to help my Latino sister. I want to help my my brothers and sisters who are immigrants have voices as well, because we live in this country and we have to make decisions as a people for this country.
0: Right. But uh, what's it? What's it going to take to sustain it? I mean, specifically, I mean, you, you, you can, uh, like Stacey Abrams did, very instrumental in motivating people. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of issues with voter suppression these days. You know, the the closing down yeah. of voting polls in minority areas. Um, you know, the, there was a huge controversy this past election because of COVID. There was a lot of mail in votes. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, a yeah. lot of people work all day on Tuesday, you know, the first Tuesday in November. They just mm-hmm. can't always get off of work to vote. I mean, what uh, yeah. what are some ideas we can work on to, you know, help improve minority involvement?
1: One, I think it's it's kind of almost unfortunate for me to say the same amplification I'm even talking about. And this motivation, this all rallying together, mm-hmm. it's still going to take all of that and then some. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, we're going to have to keep motivating. We're going to have to keep pushing people to the polls, doing rides to the polls, all the extra not extra. To me, that should be a given. These are new efforts that we're just now pushing. But as far as sustaining it and even getting more, because there was still a percentage of, of Blacks who didn't vote. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who don't even believe in the system and still believe um as far as the political system is set up against them like I've talked to so many people canvassing and campaigning who said like why does my vote matter or count like yeah. it, it like they really truly feel like their voice isn't counted and that everything is rigged and I believe that up until a certain point so I empathize with them right. but sustaining what the efforts that we're doing now is going to take because I feel like even the motivation that we have right now, I can only predict, personally, I feel like it's going to take something else for people to um, rally around and push these same efforts that Stacey Abram has been pushing. Mm-hmm. I feel like what they're doing now is going to start to become numb. Yeah. They're going to get used to it. Yeah. Um, they're going to know those resources are there. And they're going to lose that motivation to go out to the polls And to do these things. And I'm so glad you even mentioned um, about the first week um, of November, like having that set date on a weekday when people cannot get off work. I've heard that in um, some rural cities that I I work at a factory plant. I only have an hour break and you want me to vote on this one day during the weekday when I literally can't go on my lunch break because the polling place is too far because i already live 30 minutes from work right right and then when i get off why when i just stood eight to ten hours at work for a paycheck that's barely paying my bills let me add that part in there Mm -hmm. and then go stand in the line when the polls close maybe an hour or two after i get off work i'm hungry I, i have kids to feed a family to attend to like why will i go and stand like you literally have to be overly motivated to push yourself to go out and do that and i've always suggested like i don't understand why jobs are even like it should be a national holiday to the point where it should be like fourth of july like everything is closed um it should be more of an effort of pushing people to go out to the polls versus if you make it you make it if not you you don't um i think isn't it in other countries that they don't even have voting days be one day that doesn't make any sense to me yeah why isn't it the weekend before or over a period of time you give people time to um count votes so Mm -hmm. all this voter fraud voter suppression when it even comes to pushing everything to a day um people not having transportation people having to have multiple ids and not be registered um in the state of south carolina you have to be registered to vote at least a month or two before and other states allow you to register and vote the same day. Um, South Carolina also doesn't force you to pick a party, which I appreciate that. You have other states that require you to pick a party um, in these caucuses. That's a whole other story for me because I was in Iowa <laughs> last year and for the caucus and it was a hot mess. I was so disappointed and I don't understand how that's still a thing that that these states are doing. Um, when we could be so much more forward, we can be so much more hopeful if we get rid of the one day voting day, if we open our ourselves up to allowing people to register that day to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much with our, our current system that needs work. Um, and as far as black people, we're so fed up with seeing things not working and seeing things held up against us, mm-hmm. that it's just like, why should I keep running in like toward a bl- brick wall when I know that wall is there? I actually built and made the brick wall. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, historically, like we've built this country, but why am I, we didn't bu- build these systems that are purposely against me. And I know these systems are going against me. So why do the work to dismantle something that I, like I I helped build this country, but didn't help create.
0: Yeah well that that sense of futility too i mean that that in my mind is an active voter suppression mechanism mm-hmm. you know because yeah. uh, i i actually think you know the the uh, the electoral system which was really a compromise that's far outlived its usefulness, but that's also uh, uh, designed to give you a sense of futility. I mean, if you live in California, Mm -hmm. you know that your vote for a Republican isn't going to count. If you live in in Missouri like I do, (laughs) if you're going to vote for a Democratic president, forget about it. It's not going to count. So, you know, there is a sense of futility, and you you go ahead and and you do it anyways— But, you know, if Mm -hmm. you have to go through an awful lot of trouble to do it, um, I can see, you know, people making those decisions. And what's alarming to me, too, is that I've read recently that there are over 100 bills across all the state legislatures, across all the states. There's over 100 bills in the state legislatures that are designed uh, to to increase voter suppression. And so Mm -hmm. this is going the opposite direction of the way that we need it to go. And so I think the states is where, you know, uh, obviously states are in charge of their own elections. This is where the, Mm -hmm. this is where the fight has to take place, I would think.
1: Yeah. And that's why, you know, I feel so optimistic being a part of the Alliance Party. (laughs) Like I can just imagine. And it's sad to say that I would see it as a utopia of every state being affiliated with the Alliance Party and literally just sitting down and making decisions for the good of all people Mm -hmm. like can you only imagine all 50 states working together to eliminate a lot of the problems that we have and issues we face now
2: yeah
1: but it's a utopia at this point like people are so stuck in the boxes of democrat and republican Mm -hmm. and just checking off those boxes and still just being okay with the system as is versus dismantling it starting fresh fixing the, the loopholes and gaps um, without being extremist left, extremist right, like it's literally um, I'm my mind just can't wrap around the conversations that I've I've heard or just see um, even just on the news with the left side and the right side and, mm-hmm. and them arguing back and forth and not solving anything. Right. And so I'm like, wow, imagine a United States where we wouldn't have these issues. And I don't think that even in my lifetime I would be able to See something like that I will continue to be optimistic mm-hmm. and hope and pray that before I leave this earth that I do get to see that here. but the way it's, it's going it's really just everyone's fighting in this complete polar opposites and no one's really seeking the solutions that we need to move this part the um, uh, country forward.
0: yeah yeah it's even more polarized these days I think than any other time um, yeah. in our history. Um possibly before the civil war it was, it was, it was polarized like this as well. And that didn't have such a good outcome for a whole lot of people either. So, right, yeah. 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 So um now we've, we've heard uh, a lot of people, you know, you and I talk about this, but I've also heard a lot of people in the news talking about, you know, bringing everybody to the table to work together, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and how can people, um, uh, how can this be done? I mean how can people get involved in making sure that uh not only everyone uh comes to the table but that uh, that they're counted i mean this gets gets back to like voter suppression a little bit, but you know how do we how do we bring everybody together?
1: i love this question because i can strategize all day every day like i feel like i have a response (laughs) i have a response to every rebuttal (laughs) right because i i'm a conversationalist so everything is no like for real if you all (laughs) Mm -hmm. really want to take it back to literally sitting down at the dinner table and having adult mature conversations where here are my morals my values here's Mm -hmm. my humanity Here's my vulnerability. Here's my honesty. Like I'm bringing all of me and not leaving anything at the door, leaving at the door though, the fact that I'm going to accept society's box, whether I'm a Democrat or Republican. No, let's sit down, put all of that out the window. what can you say or do to help me or help this solve this issue? Everyone kind of pros and cons, right? Like, what do we all have in common? What do we all have that are common solutions to this problem? And what am I willing to compromise on? And what am I not willing to compromise on? Mm -hmm. Because right now, everyone's not compromising, it seems like. They are talking about sitting at the table, but I'm asking them, like, okay, well, who are you picturing at this table, right? Because it's not gonna be all white males. It's not gonna be all black people. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be all Republican and it shouldn't be all Republican and all Democrats. Like it literally needs to be a people who truly care about the American people, not mo- their money, not greed, not corruption, all these things that we've we've seen in past presidencies. Mm-hmm. But let's sit down have serious conversation. Here's the problem about um, voter suppression. Mm-hmm. What what can we do to fix it? What are problems in certain states that, that are behind and need to be updated and helped and need funding? Because that's another thing, no one ever wants to give up funding, right? Right. Um, every single issue, every single problem, put it at the table. It's not gonna get, everything's not gonna get solved in one night. Um, it could even be a breakfast thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We start off with breakfast, until we get a solution if it's dinner or dessert after dinner like we and all day like but we're not leaving this table until we find a common um ground Mm -hmm. something that is going to be helpful and more thoughtful to the American people and every single person at the table needs to be on the same page with that every single person needs to be able to participate in that
0: well, you know, you talked about utopia before. To me, that that is utopia because you
2: know, <laughs> you, you get,
0: right. We all come to the table with different opinions, right? And we all, um, yeah. yeah. But I think there's 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 a lack of civility which has become acceptable these days. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can insult somebody, you can be. Yep. Uh, extremely racist. You can say yeah. nasty things about people. Uh, about you know, I don't. I don't even want to go into that territory. It's just a very very dark territory. <laughs> but I think. Yeah. How about? How do we train people to have these conversations? Because you know, you're you're never going to agree. And sometimes what happens, mm-hmm. I find, and you know, I find it in, in one-on-one conversations I have with my wife, where you mm-hmm. have to be careful because sometimes it becomes more important to win than it is to learn, right? And and it isn't a matter of winning or losing. It's not a zero-sum game, right? You have to get into Mm -hmm. this thing and say, okay, I'm going to learn something. Maybe we agree to disagree. Um, And and I think it's very key what you said. You don't have to solve it tonight, Mm -hmm. right? You can just say, okay, let's have a beer and forget about it and watch some TV or something. I I, I like what you're saying there. I wish Congress worked the same way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> but it's a, it's just like you said because i was gonna say that it's gonna take um, agreeing to disagree sometimes like what parts do we agree on and we can truly like put action to the parts we agree on and the parts we disagree on you take it to your community i take it to mine and we do what works and mm-hmm. that's the thing when it comes for me to like describe the alliance party i see it as if if it's gonna take a quote unquote liberal approach to solve this issue, I'm willing to compromise that in order to get the issue solved. I think that's the major thing. People have to be willing to be open-minded and learn. I think people come in ready to listen to react and attack Mm -hmm. versus listen to, let me actually take in, let me actually learn from what they're saying and truly listen and process without having to feel the need to interrupt or win. So one thing I learned in my grad program um, for organizational leadership and change, because that's one of the um, courses that we kind of talked about decision-making, like just overall in in general of people learning how to get along with one another. um, I learned that to win a conversation is for, it's the fact the win is everyone walking away happy and everyone walking away feeling like they did win. Mm -hmm. Not me winning over you. Like there's a winner and a loser. No, we both have to win. And I think when we change that mindset and that thinking to be that of the same, like we can agree to disagree, but we're both leaving away. Um, that was the course. It was the negotiation. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. We're both walking away with something, yeah. um, not money in our pocket because a group of people had just, you know, like nothing negative or bad. Um, Cause we see that where there's bargains and, and bribes and mm-hmm. I pay you if you make this decision and you have millions of people who are suffering from that decision. Right. Um, but if people really truly feel like they have a solution, that's going to help all people. In the majority of the people, then I'd rather them compromise and do that um, versus continue to not find common ground or continue to not find a solution because they won't agree to disagree or listen to the other person.
0: Sure. Well, what happens in a duopoly, though, because you only have two parties, the Democrats and Republicans, mm-hmm. um, is that you can get away with that, right? Because if you're the majority... Yeah you don't have to deal with the other side, you know, forget yeah. about what they say. So then it does become a zero sum game because guess what happens in the next election? The other guy's in charge. <laughs> He's going to, they're all going to back out the stuff you did and then do their own stuff. So um, it, it also, I w- wanted to point out one thing you mentioned, the Alliance party, w- one yeah. very interesting thing about the Alliance party that I really, really like is it's not so much a, uh, an issue-based party as it is a behavior-based party. I love that yeah. idea. Yeah, Because you you can always find solutions in if everybody has a common agreement to how we all behave.
1: Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And that's a beautiful way of, of thinking it. I need to actually... Can I steal that?
0: <laughs> when absolutely. When it comes to
1: conversation with people?
0: <laughs> I will not copyright it. You can use it all you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that because that's truly what it is. And I think that's what co- that's what's causing us to go against the grain is
2: mm-hmm. the
1: fact that we're swimming against the current. We're telling other people to turn around, swim against it. You know, you want to, <laughs> yeah. you're just choosing to be okay with the current party and stuff you're into. Like there's so many people I've spoken to that's like, yeah, that sounds great, but they're not a viable party. Well, I don't want to hear that because we'll be viable if you stop talking about <laughs> like, yeah. and join us. I'm confused. Yeah. Like how are we supposed to be viable? if you don't if you don't hop on
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um but i love to think that we we are like the direction that our country is slowly it's like the titanic where we've hit the iceberg we're slowly sinking Mm -hmm. starting to split in half but you have this one group of people this one entity that can stop the boat from from splitting in half completely because mm-hmm. like i'm picturing it it's not completely split apart right right yeah <laughs> but we have ways and solutions yeah. of getting the water off the boat so we don't
0: sink yeah i like that analogy it's very good
1: kind of came up with it on the spot <laughs> all right
0: we can copyright that one then too can't we
1: yeah <laughs> it's it so, on t-shirts
0: yeah so February is, is Black History Month, and I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about um, issues related to this, and it's a very, very appropriate we talk about this. Uh, February, uh, Black History Month, it's an annual observation that originated right here in the United States, but it's actually gaining some international acceptance. Um, it's celebrated, obviously, well, it is celebrated in Canada, but also in Europe. Um, oh uh, yeah oddly enough they celebrated in october in europe but um but anyways um can you give us a sense of of the story and your story and the story behind black history month uh where it came from and uh and also touch on activities that take place during this month so that all americans can understand uh black history month even more
1: yeah i actually um it's funny um pulled up an Instagram post Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: spoke about um, kind of how Black History Month has kind of changed, I don't want to say direction, but up until recent events, Black History Month has been quoting, and of course MLK, same thing, but like quoting MLK quotes, um, Mm -hmm. posting a Black pioneer or inventor, somebody like that, and spitting out um, black History Month facts, but the direction that people have been going in that I've seen like this year and then maybe a little bit of last year is the fact of educating yourself deeper than just Black history of like, oh, a Black man invented the, the traffic light. Right. Okay, great. That That's great that you know like what person of color invented what. But now we're taking it a step further where it's just like it should go beyond just sharing a Black History Month fact and seeing and recognizing it in everyday life, that it should be acknowledging the role of Black history and how that plays a part in your personal life. Um, That's acknowledging white supremacy and how Black people can be a lot further along than, than where we are now because of uh systematic racism and just racism in general uh, white supremacy that has been embedded in our political system and, and in this country mm-hmm. so i think people are taking it a step further and and i'm helping with making sure that the alliance party has um a variety of content on the page to make sure that we're not just spitting out black history Month facts that we're also talking about historical um ways and, and things that have been going on for years, like racial wealth gap, mm-hmm. um, just different things that are, that's continual, continually affecting black people today. Yeah. um, That's still embedded and rooted from our history.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, history is oftentimes uh, I think as children, when we learn history, it all comes to names and dates. Right. And so that's why I think that um. It, you talked about Black History Month, uh, celebrating you know the the inventors and and you know Martin Luther King and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. It it tends to then get sidetracked by these individuals that are larger than life, and of course we remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to I like what you say now that more you know more recently it's becoming more of a um, recognition of the mm-hmm. issues that existed from the very beginning that persist until today you know the wealth gap you mentioned that uh wow. there's a huge uh, socioeconomic gap that exists and mm-hmm. it's built upon the systemic racism i, I believe from that the was that was sewn into the fabric of this country right from the very beginning it continues right. today yeah
1: i think this people should take just from here on out because I, I like you said i love how people are are changing and it's not just Sitting out facts and you forgetting about it mm-hmm. from March. It's literally learning and educating yourself um, on historical things again that has oppressed black black people. That's a way to acknowledge and pay pay homage to Black lives, if mm-hmm. that's what people are seeking to do. Immediately when February started, I got maybe two emails from big companies or stores who are like, yeah, we're gonna donate. Um, money to like black mental health um, communities, or and I, I'm like, okay, great. I love that you all are throwing money, but y'all have been doing that for years. Yeah. Like, how can yeah. we, how is throwing money at this organization truly helping him reaching all the, the matter of fact, your workers, yeah. right? Like, you have black employees. How are you paying homage to them during this month? How are you educating and better yourself for them? And I, when, even when it comes to um, just people in these companies throwing money at these causes and these, these nonprofits and things like that, I'm like, that again, that's great. But how about you allow your employees to have PTO days when they're, they're suffering from racial battle fatigue mm-hmm. or they're suffering from racial trauma? How about we give them a self-care day if something bad in the news happens? that they can't, That's you're still paying them, but if they need to take a break from life because they are suffering from fatigue, stress, emotional, because uh, another unarmed black person was killed and in the news or justice wasn't served, how about we use that money towards that? Or how about we use that money to help the racial wealth gap and give the cent to the dollar equal to a white man's for a black associate or employee you have at your company. So those are the thoughts that I have when I'm seeing <laughs> these companies like, oh, it's February, like give to mm-hmm. a black person. Or um, I, again, I'm seeing there. Um, more people saying this month, to uh, give and support black businesses. Mm -hmm. All of these things that you should be doing every day and not just on Black History Month, right? Like February only has 28 days. (laughs) Like it's the shortest month of of the year. And even um, next month, it's Women's Month, um, March. And I discovered in the last two years, I think that it started to be more and more of a known thing. But a lot of people don't know that that last week of Black History Month going into March of Women's Month, that that week is Black Women's Week.
2: Mm, And I'm
1: like, why do we get a week? (laughs) Like, again, this should be, I understand celebrating it. um, And I I think that we need to recognize and and honor these um, individuals and these people if you're going to say, all lives matter, you are saying black lives matter, mm-hmm. um, whether you realize it or not. But your actions need to line up with that. I am heavily involved in church. Um, I still hold onto some conservative um, beliefs
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: that I believe I find in the Bible and our biblical. So I see my Christian allies and my conservative, conservative allies that truly don't get it and don't seek to educate themselves. But you call yourself a christian. So, it's moments and things like that where people I think were so used to accepting the bare minimum one mm-hmm. and then two just glorifying the fact that oh it's black history month, I looked up a black fact, I read it, so that's my contribution. Yeah. And yeah. and I want people to realize that that's not enough. Like that's not one again going back to my christian beliefs that's that's not godly to me. Mm-hmm. Um and then two on the even on the other the flip side of that of like no for real, like it's Black History Month, yes, know your history, but also know how you contribute and better the history of black people in yeah. black lives.
0: You know, that's interesting because I, I know that uh um I think yeah, Morgan Freeman I think said that he doesn't he didn't want black history month because Black history is American history, right? So, um, mm-hmm. I, I if I'm if I'm reading what he's saying correctly, and and reading and, and listening to what you're saying, is um, it isn't like a one month thing because it does seem superficial uh, to just mm-hmm. say, okay, I've I've done my duty for you know for for Black History Month. No, it's it's every month, but especially in mm-hmm. February. Um, we need to focus on these things uh, to remind ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've uh, I gotten to know um, someone who's actually running in the first district of Missouri uh, in 2022. She's a teacher, mm-hmm. Jessica Piper, um, and she is, teaches school in a rural area, and she has a really mm-hmm. hard time uh, teaching black history in, during mm-hmm. February because that's Black yeah. History Month, and she's like, okay, let's focus on black history, but a lot of people don't want that, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's it's um, it, it's it's interesting to me that we have these blocks yet that say, look, we we need to acknowledge everybody is an American and everybody is, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, the, but we do need to focus on our history and, and put everything in perspective.
1: No, I, I totally, and yeah, I, I get it, and same thing, like you said, like, Blacks are, are Americans, whether people want to accept that or not, and I know <laughs> I'm thinking, like, oh my gosh, I can think of, like, not think of, but I know some viewers are, and some listeners are probably feeling some type of way with, with what I said, but to, to that point, examine, I want people to examine why they would feel some type of way that One, acknowledging our Black History Month is acknowledging American history and that America did not treat blacks well. Mm -hmm. Y'all took us from our own land. And it's not to say, and I'm saying y'all as in white people, however, I think people get so uncomfortable with talking about it because they feel like someone's pointing the finger as if they themselves have slaves, right? Mm -hmm. Like people feel guilty. And I don't necessarily know how that feels. (laughs) I know what it's like to be oppressed and I don't like that feeling either. I don't like to put myself as a victim. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be victimized. And I try to fight that um, mentality and that thought process. But as a person of color, as a Black person, and knowing my history, knowing that I'm so grateful for the inventors who were able to invent something that actually got used into work but mm-hmm. what about the ones who didn't the, right. and people mm-hmm. who could have been and do a whole lot more than what they were were able to do? Uh, and that was taken away from us, um, like Black Wall Street, um, what happened in mm-hmm. Tulsa, uh, yeah. anytime that Black people tried to progress, it was always a, a group that stopped them from progressing because they didn't want a person of color to match that level of equality right Mm -hmm. like all men are created equal except for property and if you are a human being with darker skin you are property and therefore not human
2: yeah
1: um so these whole ideologies came from america so i don't want people to feel guilty i want people to use that guilt and that privilege i know people hate that p word You, it's okay to admit it. Like, I know that even with me having a military, as a Black person, me having a military brat background, I have certain privileges that my other Black counterparts don't, uh, haven't had the opportunity to afford, right? Like, I've always been in the house. Mm-hmm. I've always um, seen my dad, like, try to have at least some type of stable, like, uh, income and wealth. I grew up with a father. I understand that as a woman that I'm privileged in even that um, as a black person, I'm privileged to have a father grow up in a home, but then people don't even examine to why that is even a thing. But to my original point, um, recognizing that privilege and using that guilt to further educate yourself and to be better and do better Um, It's something that I wish more people would do versus a check mark on a box of, hey, I gave my money to the United Negro Foundation Mm -hmm. or I spoke to my black neighbor today. Like, again, wanting people to set the bare minimum. If you say that you're for all people, that means your brother and sister, your, your black brother and sister, your white brother and sister, your Latino brother and sister, like it's, it's stepping outside of your race in your own community to make sure that people are literally truly um, taken care of and that they are well and you looking out as, mm-hmm. as the great book even says like, pretty much treat yourself how you like, you not even wanna be treated, but love yourself, uh, love your neighbor as you love thyself. So I'm hoping and wishing that people would just do that more
0: yeah yeah that's well put i like that okay um let me ask you this is there anything other than any any other topic you'd like to talk about this evening before we uh start wrapping it up
1: no well not that i can think of but of mm-hmm. course like i would love to let the people know that i'm again a conversationalist i i'd love to continue having this talk and this conversation. If there was anything people want me to dig in more or just have conversation and help, um, I would love to, um, it gets to a certain point where, uh, I don't want to ever pour out and help white people become better allies or further educate themselves without giving them too much of my energy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be draining
2: yeah.
1: um it's so a health wise it's it's a lot for a black person to share their experience and try to open the eyes of other people especially when and i've had this plenty of times within the last year of my white counterparts calling and just asking me questions Mm -hmm. but it turning into a venting session for them and Mm -hmm. them not truly wanting the the answer to their question they just want someone that they feel like comfortable talking to that to them about and Mm -hmm. um say certain things and and it be accepted but then you don't realize what you're doing to the other the listener right Mm -hmm. so I do it in moderation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's why in my business, and it even comes to political consulting, I would love to help. And that's actually how I um, became involved, even more involved in the Alliance Party was, I went to a forum here in Rock Hill and we had an Alliance Party candidate Mm -hmm. and um, we were at an AME church and it was an NAACP event. So I was wondering why this particular candidate wasn't necessarily prepped that black issues were going to come up mm-hmm. and that he needed to have a, an answer. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And I think he had the people until they asked him something about police brutality and or something about black culture or the black community or something. And he didn't know what to say, um, he mm-hmm. didn't have an answer. So it's from that experience that I, one, got involved in the Alliance Party and was like, okay, y'all clearly need more diverse voices. Mm -hmm. And that's why, number two, I even started and added that as um, a piece into my my consulting firm of I'm willing to help candidates answer those questions in better ways, but actually truly dig in and, and how to research and even I'm willing to do the research on how they can actually bring change to those communities, of people of color. Mm -hmm. So that's one of what I feel my mission is, um, being a part of this party, um, something that I want to continue doing. So I'm very much open to people reaching out and again, continuing the conversation um, without fully pouring myself and feeling obligated to give my energy and in ways that is unhealthy for me as a a black person and as a black woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's very well put. I I think one of the one of the problems um, that uh, and I'm just going to sort of throw this out there. Um, I think one of the problems that, that I, I'm I'm a white person and um, you you want to help, right? You want to mm-hmm. you, you're not happy with. What you see in this country, you know, you learn about, you know, cowboys and Indians, and and you begin to realize as you get older, it wasn't quite that uh, uh, romantic, you know, it was actually quite ugly, and so you know you look around and and as you become aware of these things, you 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 want to help, and it's really hard to figure out how to do that, you know, without looking like you're you're the idiot or something like that, you know, you, you really want to, you know, I, I think maybe some white people would say, um, uh, yeah, we want to give money cause that's what we do. Right. But that's mm-hmm. not, you know, that, that uses zero imagination to do that. Um, more yeah. things are needed and different things are needed. And I think a lot of people, um, need guidance in this area. And I, and it, I can imagine it is it is exhausting because, um, it is something so, um, emotionally bound to your very soul for you as an individual. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting to pull that out all the time. And I'm not sure if, if, um, if that helps, I hope it helps, but it's, uh, it's a mystery, you know, to guys like me, like, uh, well, not completely mystery because, you know, we're learning, but um, it's, it's difficult. It's just difficult to get to that point in my life.
1: Yeah. And then I can't understand that, too, because uh, we as the black community constantly give mixed signals um, of like white people educate yourself or, you know, help us or just like give some type of command and then white people do it. And they're like, but y'all did it wrong. You know, <laughs> like it's it's constantly yeah. like, well, what do you want me to do? And I can see where people get get confused and also kind of step back and it's like well i I feel like if i just know you know if i just know how to put money in it but now you're telling me i'm putting my money in the wrong spot then like what do what do i do
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and i don't think there's enough people that's willing to have the patience to help white people get that and understand that Mm -hmm. um without being so divisive or finger pointing or just just ignorant Mm -hmm. Um, so i kind of take it, took it upon myself to accept my role in that of how patient I am. I'm even in an interracial relationship and my boyfriend is conservative.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and so that I learned so much from him and, and me and him plan on even having our own platform where we, Um, promote or just talk about how you can have these conversations, especially like in a godly way, in a godly manner, like me and him agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. but we find that common ground. Like the same thing. He also like, he believes that one of the biggest problems in the black community is absent fatherhood. Um, But, and I'm like, I see where that's a thing, but you have to understand systemically why that's occurring. Like Mm -hmm. you just see the problem, but you're not looking at the root. So mm-hmm. i'm like okay well you can help with the problem you see i'm going for the root and you catch on or whenever you get it or maybe we just me and him just have this system of us just tackling mm-hmm. <laughs> tackling it as a whole but i'm i'm literally like there's so many more people who need to understand and get that if you do have the time and the energy And even love, like that's, I have a love for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to get it. And it's just like, out of my love, I will still truly sacrifice myself, sometimes give too much of my energy to help you understand it, if you're going to get it, if you're Mm going to understand
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's really well put. And that's, um, that's, uh, from the heart. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I know.
1: It's um, a good and a bad thing.
0: (laughs) Well, it's always good to try to understand, um, you know, other people. And also, I think you have uh, an additional ability to understand why other people don't understand certain things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, and I think most people, you know, black, white or whatever, we tend to be superficial, right? We we see yeah. a problem, we say, oh, well, that's because, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. And, um, but it really takes dedication and let's face it, it takes a lot of love to jump yeah. in and try to understand everything and try not to give that quick superficial gee I just solved the problem in 10 minutes sort of answer it it Mm -hmm. goes much deeper and it requires a lot more dedication
1: yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely so yeah I I wish I had like a and that's something I I debate if I should do like a a toolkit or a handbook type of thing (laughs) but Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if people like just tap in and, and thought of that more, and made that realization, like I'm, I'm not fixing, kind of do a reflection and evaluation of like, I'm not seeing this investment of either it be my time, my money, my resources actually affecting or improving, mm-hmm. but really truly being hands on if you can to track that and let's look forward to track that.
0: Um, Okay, let's wrap it up here. uh, We've been talking with Ayanna Crawford, who's not only the Alliance Party's National Recording Secretary, but runs a business that focuses on political consulting, strategic planning, event coordination, and organizational development. Ayanna, uh, thank you very much for stopping by and spending time with us this evening.
1: for having me. I enjoyed my time.
0: And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Alliance Party After Dark podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. Each week, we'll bring you interesting topics from the Alliance Party. You may subscribe on iTunes, Google, or Spotify, or just Google the Alliance Party After Dark, and you'll find it all over the place. Also, keep in mind that the podcast has a Twitter page at Alliance On Air. All content for this podcast is copyright the Alliance Party. Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Alliance Party. This podcast is a production of the Alliance Party, a decades-long movement of fiscally conservative, moderate, accountable, and reasoned independents, former Democrats, former Republicans, and alienated voters who demand that our elected officials work in the spirit of nonpartisanship for all constituents and provide a better future for our country. This podcast was made possible by your donations to the Alliance Party. If you'd like to join the Alliance Party, visit our website at theallianceparty.com. Drop in and see what we're all about and get involved. Volunteer your time, make a donation, submit an article or blog, or run for office. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Dan Schaefer, producer of the Alliance Party After Dark, and on behalf of everyone at the Alliance Party, have a wonderful evening, a great week ahead, and we hope you drop in for our next show. Be safe, be aware, and please take care of yourself and those around you.